Hey guys, Eric Lindine here. I'm the lead pastor of Mosaic Church in Maple Grove, Minnesota. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you for joining us today. I hope this message inspires you, encourages you, and transforms you, and that this is just the beginning of a conversation between you and Jesus. Enjoy the message. Hey, my name is Molly, and Eric, I'll preach every week if you pray that kind of blessing over me and my family, right? Well, maybe not. I guess I should check, check with Craig first. All right, it was the middle of the night a couple years ago, and we were all sleeping soundly, and Craig and I woke up to crying from Tal, who at the time was about two years old. And so Craig and I turned to each other and groggily played paper, rock, scissors to see whose turn it was to go get the baby, and I lost. So I'm stumbling down the hallway, and as I approach Tal's room, I'm trying to prepare myself for what I'm going to have to do as a mom. And so I listened to the cry, and I thought to myself, I don't think it's a, a poopy diaper cry. Yes, <laughs> that's good. And, and then I thought, oh, I hope it's not that he got his, his thigh stuck in the slots of the crib cry because that had been happening and we were fresh out of cooking spray to lube him up and get him out. So I was, I was glad that was not the case. But my heart sank when I identified that it was a scared cry. It was different. It was, it was like he was scared. And so I open up the door and I turn on the light and I approach the crib and I lean over and I see Tell crying and looking scared and I reach in and I say, Tell, honey, what's wrong? And he looks up at me and he sniffles and he says, lion. And I said, don't be lying to me. Tell me what's going on. No, he said, lion, black lion, get me. Black lion, get me. And I'm thinking, I don't think we've watched The Lion King lately. And I don't, we have not been to a zoo where we've seen a black lion. So I just sort of had this thought, you know, maybe this could be a nightmare, an attack from the prowling lion himself, it says in scripture, that Satan, who comes to steal, kill, and destroy, he can mess with my two-year-old son. And even if it was a random dream, I'm going to treat it like that. And so I scooped Tal up, and I took him in the rocking chair, and as I'm holding him close to me, I just went to war for my son. And I called on the name of Jesus, and I said, Jesus, I pray that you would bring peace. Jesus, bring your peace. You are the Prince of Peace, and Tal is scared, and he needs your peace. I pray in the name of Jesus against Satan and his schemes to steal Tal's sleep tonight. I pray for peace. Jesus, bring peace. And Tal stops crying and he looks up at me and I'm thinking, oh, okay, good, the prayer's working. And then he says, and apples? Right, I was very confused. <laughs> like, apples, so you are hungry? Is that what we're crying about? And then he said, and peppers? I was so confused. Why is my two-year-old son asking for peppers and apples at three in the morning? And I said, oh, honey, no, we're not going to eat right now. I'm just praying for peace from Jesus, peace. And then it clicked. Tal thought that I was praying that Jesus would bring peas, as in the little green vegetable. Okay, <laughs> so as soon as I realized that my son was just adding to the Instacart order, like if Jesus is going to bring peas, let's throw in some apples and peppers to munch on, I started laughing a lot. And as I'm holding him and laughing, you can imagine what happens next. Tal, who was crying and sad, went to giggling so much that Craig is pounding on the wall. No, he wasn't pounding on the wall. He was peacefully sleeping. 
peacefully sleeping. Yes, peacefully. Good one. Nice. I like that. And as, as Tal and I just laughed and laughed and laughed, it just occurred to me that Jesus changes everything. Can I get an amen on that one? Come on, guys. I'm the kind of person that likes a little feedback here. Jesus, Jesus took Tal from fearful to cheerful, from crying to laughing, and it happened when we called on the name of Jesus because Jesus changes everything. That's what Eric asked me to speak on, and I, I'm really kind of upset that you didn't give me one of the shirts, Eric, because I've seen people wearing them. Who has a Jesus Changes Everything shirt? Okay, I'd like to borrow one, unless, because it's true, he does. He changes everything. It makes me think of Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace, peace of God which surpasses understanding will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. And that's what we experienced that night, is that Jesus brought peace. And it wouldn't be fair for me to uh, share a story about Tal and not Poppy. So, But don't worry, my kids get a dollar every time I do an illustration while speaking, so they're very happy about this. So it wasn't long after Tal had his bad dream that Poppy found my side of the bed, Next time, go to dad's, honey. No, actually, recently, Craig has been up all night long in the middle of the night cleaning up throw-up, so he has way done his duties, more than me. And I may have pretended at a time or two to be asleep. I'm so sorry, honey. <laughs> Poppy came to my side of the bed, and she's crying, and she said, Mom, I had a bad dream. And so I took her out of the room, back to her room, and I, and I got down, and I said, Honey, what? tell me about it. And she said, I had a dream that a skunk was eating my door. I know, I tried not to laugh, but I may have let out a little snicker, and then I got empathetic, and I, I fought it down, and I looked in her eyes. I said, oh, honey, that really stinks. Okay. But then I said to Poppy, and I really did. This is true. This happened. I said, honey, I'm so sorry you had a bad dream. Let's call in the name of Jesus. Jesus changes everything. And so we prayed, and I told her, I said, as you go to bed, if you get more scary thoughts or dreams, call on the name of Jesus. There is power in it. The next morning, um, I woke up and checked on her. She reported that she had awesome dreams. I think it was about Paw Patrol at the time. She's past that now. But then she had a really good question. She said, but mom, she said, can't I just pray to God? And I said, well, yes, you can. Yes, you can pray to God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, three in one. But I, I said at the time to her, I said, but there is this scripture I'm thinking of, and I had to look it up on my phone, Google it, because I knew it was in there somewhere. And then I found in Philippians 2 that actually does talk about the name of Jesus. And so this is what I shared with my daughter. Philippians 2, 9 through 11 says, Therefore God exalted him, Jesus, to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, every tongue confess, that Jesus, oh, I skipped a part, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So there is power in the name of Jesus, and Jesus changes everything. If you spend any time in the Gospels, just a quick cruise through them, you will see that when people encountered Jesus, he changed everything. Jesus changes water into wine. Jesus changes fishermen 
into fishers of men. Jesus changes a raging storm into a serene sea. Jesus changes a couple fish into a feast for 5,000. Jesus changes a lame man into a leaping man. Jesus changes the rejected woman into an accepted woman. Jesus changes demon-filled people to spirit-filled people. That's all in here. Jesus changes sinners into saints. Jesus changes those destined for hell to those destined for heaven. Speaking of heaven, it was uh, quite a while ago that my daughter, here's another dollar for you, honey. Uh, as I was putting her to bed, she said, Mom, when I die, will you drive me to heaven? I was like, first of all, I pictured that, and that was a bad idea, because I'm picturing myself taking my daughter and putting her in the car seat and strapping her in, but then I wouldn't need to strap her in, so, because she was already, anyways, that was, so I said, no, honey, I said, I said, I can't take you to heaven, and she said, well, can Grandpa Dave drive me in the boat? I said, no, nice try, but there is one way, not two, one way to heaven and John 14, 6 tells us that, and I shared that with her, and it says, Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father or heaven except through me. And so I said, honey, I'm sorry, I can't drive you to heaven, but Jesus can take you. And you know, it makes me think of that old song. All right, who knows it? Oh, you can't get to heaven. Raise your hand if you know it. Good. Oh, only a couple of you. Come on, don't be shy because I'm going to, uh, this is audience participation right here. So the song, Oh, You Can't Get to Heaven, you're going to repeat after me. <laughs> all right. So, all right. I'm going to say this, you know this verse. I'm going to say, Oh, You Can't Get to Heaven. You're going to sing it after me. Oh, you can't get to heaven on roller skates. Good job. Oh, you can't get to heaven on roller skates. Oh, you can't get to heaven on roller skates. You'll roll right past those pearly gates. Sing it with me. All my sins are washed away. I've been redeemed. Good job. Okay. I may have written a couple more verses because people get confused, I think, that there are more ways than one to heaven. And I just want to make that super clear. Okay? So, oh, you can't get to heaven with a perfect selfie. Oh, you can't get to heaven with a perfect selfie. Oh, you can't get to heaven with a perfect selfie. Because without Jesus, your insides are ugly. All my sins are washed away. I've been redeemed. Okay, moving on. Oh, you can't get to heaven. Good job, you guys. On Snapchat. Oh, you can't get to heaven. On Snapchat. Oh, you can't get to heaven on Snapchat. Your vain efforts will all fall flat. All my sins are washed away. I've been redeemed. Okay, one more. It's my favorite. Hope I don't get in trouble for this. Oh, you can't get to heaven by smoking pot. Oh, you can't get to heaven by smoking pot. Oh, you can't get to heaven by smoking pot. You'll think you're there when you're really not. All my sins are washed away. I've been redeemed. Okay, okay. I just, I like to have fun. And I feel like when I'm laughing, I want to listen. So really, this is just a strategy to get you guys to listen, okay? So we've got to talk about pot. That's fine. But no, that is, there is one way to heaven. And um, I did write a couple more verses, but we're not going to take time to sing them. But they are straight from 
this book right here, and you guys can just listen as I put it up. Oh, you can't get to heaven by being good. It's impossible to do all the things you should. And if you think I'm making this up, I got the scripture to prove it. Because a lot of people that I've talked to over the years say, well, I'm really a pretty good person. But the Bible tells us differently. You can't be good enough. Oh, you can't get to heaven through baptism. It's only by believing Christ died and is risen. Now, hear me out here. Baptism, awesome. I went to the service last week, and that was incredible. I cheered, and I clapped, and I hollered, and I whooped, whatever. I was excited. Um, but that doesn't make someone saved. It's a, it's a picture of what has already happened in the heart, that baptism is a decision we make to show the world that we are already a follower of Jesus. So baptism is great. Doing good stuff is great. Confirmation is great. Oh, you can't get to heaven through confirmation. It's Christ alone who gives reconciliation. Oh, you can't get to heaven by quoting verses. Satan knows them too, and he's been cursed. Got to rhyme. Oh, you can't get to heaven by reading your Bible. That's really good, and please read your Bible. But if you don't know Jesus, you're still liable. Oh, you can't get to heaven by going to church, but please come. Come to church. Come. Good. Good job. You better continue your salvation search. Oh, you can't get to heaven by going to youth group, but please do if you're youth. Sorry, but I think you've been duped. Oh, you can't get to heaven by tithing lots of money, although, you know, that's nice too. Christ paid your admission, so it's free. Oh, you can't get to heaven by healing the sick. I'm sorry, but I think you've been tricked. Oh, you can't get to heaven by knowing of Jesus. It's knowing him personally that frees us. And if you're ever going to say amen, that is the time. Amen. All right. Oh, hello. We'll just leave this. Yeah, no problem. John 17, 3 um, talks about that, that it's that um, even Satan and the demons know of Jesus, but that doesn't make them saved, right? It's knowing him personally that frees us. So when, when Poppy said to me, will you drive me to heaven? I may have sang that song, not all the verses, but John 14, 6, right? Jesus says, changes everything. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus changes everything. Okay, give me a sec. And we're good. So why is it that no one gets into heaven without Jesus? I mean, it is good to be good and to be baptized and all that. But the Bible tells us that God is holy, he is righteous, he is without fault, and we are not. In Romans and Psalms, it says, no one is righteous, no, not one. Not one. See, there's a little problem called sin. You've probably heard about it. And it actually is an archery term. Does anyone know what it means, sin in archery? Yes. Missing the mark, exactly. To sin is to miss the mark. And some not so great news is all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And to save you some trouble, 
if you want to do a deep dive into the original language about all and what it really means, it means all. So, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And now, Rush was over at our house earlier, knew that I was going to be speaking, and he said, Miss Molly, can you bring me up on stage? And I said, no. But then I thought of a way that I could bring you up on stage, so come on up. All right, turn around. Say hi. All right, Rush may have told me that uh, you have this same bow and arrow set at home, right? Load it up. Okay, now, people, you, oh, we have a baby back there. You are going to want to move. Yes. Um, now, the, do you see... Do you see the target right there? Uh, that's my father-in-law in the purple shirt. Uh, can you just, be, Kurt, be careful? You need both of your eyes. There you go. All right, so don't, do not hit my father-in-law, please. Your goal is to hit the target. And if he doesn't, guess what we get to yell? Sin. Okay, go ahead. Sin. You get three, you get three shots, Rush. Sin. That was a really bad sin. <laughs> oh, sin! Nice try. Give me a high five. Hey, and you know what? You're you're not you're not one of my kids, but um, you 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 were over last night, and I kind of treated you like one. So here's a dollar for you, because I'll give you yours later. Okay? All right. So um, yeah, that's sin. And you know, if you think about it, I mean, Rush, you told me that you you're pretty good at. It. I know you're a good athlete. But you are never going to hit the bullseye 100% of the time, and we are never going to be good enough 100% of the time. And so that is the problem. That's the problem. Um, the problem continues. Um, well, actually, here's a picture that I drew, a really fancy picture of what I, how I like to picture this verse and what it's talking about. And by the way, many of you, most of you, are familiar with the gospel, which is what I'm sharing. Good news, right? But take this as an opportunity to just kind of simplify what sometimes we complicate. This is something you could draw on a napkin when you're out to eat with a friend, and God prompts you. So you got you on the left on a cliff. You got God over there. See how he's holy? He's shiny. He's bright. Do you like that? I did a good job at that. And sin is in the way. We have fallen short. We can't get there. We don't measure up. It causes separation. And then Romans 6.23 says the wages of our sin or the cost or what we earn from sin is death. And death also is eternal separation from God. That is the bad news. So when we sing the song, oh, you can't get to heaven, if that was the end of the verse, then oh, you can't get to heaven is the end of the song, which is, would be a really sad song. Oh, you can't get to heaven. You, we can't. Where none of us are good enough, we're going to always miss the mark. We can't. And sin is the problem, and we are separated from God. But some of you know that is not the end of the verse. There is a but. This is the best but in the Bible. For the wages of sin is death, but. You got it. Say it. And you're singing a song, too. All right. Good job. Are you trying to get more dollars? All right. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And another scripture that most of you are familiar with, John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave a gift. He gave his only son that whoever believes will not perish but have eternal life. 
that is the good news. It's Jesus. He changes everything. And so we go to that sad picture of being separated from God. And then we see that Jesus and his death should have been us changes everything. And now watch, watch real close. Watch the person on the left. Ding. Yay. You could draw that on a napkin and share it with a friend or a neighbor, whoever God is prompting you to share that with. Jesus changes everything. But how, how do you go from the left to the right? I mean, there's not a physical cross, right, that we're walking across. Romans 10.9 tells us, short and sweet, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. When you think of the word Lord, I, I think of lords and ladies and kings and kingdoms. And a Lord is someone that you want to say, hey, I want you to be in charge of my life. You're the Lord of my life. And you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And Jesus changes everything. And so the good news is, oh, you can get to heaven when you simply believe and receive, right? Like you don't have to do anything. You don't have to be good enough because I screw up plenty of times. And I'm so thankful that it is Jesus' blood that we sang about, that song right before the message. I don't think it's a coincidence, right? Matt and I didn't talk ahead of time, but Jesus paid it all. So we don't have to pay anything. We just believe and receive and believe that Jesus changes everything. Speaking of changing, uh, when, when Eric asked me to give this message and, and he said, Jesus changes everything, I couldn't help but go back to all the years I spent changing diapers, actually. And um, there's a story, another one, of Tal on the changing table. Now, I'm going to admit uh, it was a battle to get him from diapers into underwear and so it took a while he was maybe almost four years old but there he was big boy on the changing table and I was changing a poopy diaper and Tal says to me not well yeah he says to me as I'm changing his diaper he says mom I want to go to heaven and I'm like yes honey I want you to go to heaven too I'll be there and then I launched into what I just shared with you in a super short version what we'd been telling our kids ever since they came out of the womb is the gospel and I said honey when you choose to confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart and he interrupted me and he just starts talking to God and he says Jesus I was naughty you weren't you died so I didn't have to Thank you. I'm like, I'm there like, this is the best diaper I've ever changed. And I, I, I'm not God. I don't know. But what I read in the Bible that his childlike faith in that moment, that he just went from that, that chasm that separated. He went from death to life. Tal went from being separated from God to eternity with God by just confessing. And in that moment, as I was physically changing his diaper, Jesus changed his heart and changed his final destination. And that was such a significant moment in our life that I actually, cha- I actually saved the changing mat. <laughs> and I know it, but you guys, that's just been in our garage. It looks really dirty. I was like, oh, I should have washed that. Uh, I promise it was cleaner than that. Yes, I should have. But that 
was a significant moment in my life and Tal's life, but you know the difference between the first story I shared and that story that I just shared is that in the first story, when I was praying for Tal, I called on the name of Jesus for Tal in prayer, and God came and brought peace, even though he wanted peace. But in this story, it was Tal that needed to call on the name of Jesus. We can't count on our parents or our spouse or our pastor, as great as he is, or the worship team to call on the name of Jesus for us. We need to call on the name of Jesus, and when we do, we will be saved. Jesus changed Tal's destination that day on the changing table from light to dark, from heaven to hell. And 2,000 years ago, Jesus changed everything by dying on the cross. And he promised his disciples that he was going to prepare a place for them and for us. In John 14, Jesus says, I have to go because I'm going to prepare a place for you. This is heaven. This is what Poppy was talking about when she asked if I would drive her to heaven. Think about that. Jesus has been preparing a place for us, for those of us who believe, who have believed and received, to spend eternity. 1 Corinthians 10.9 says, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has perceived, a.k.a. no one can imagine what God has in store for those who love him. Guys, heaven's going to be amazing. It's going to be incredible. I mean, just try to think. But that verse says we can't. It's like we can't even come close but I, I at least want to try. I just want to get us excited. Okay, think about what God made in six days. If you believe in six literal days, okay, think about what he created. Oh, my goodness. That's Havasu Falls in Arizona. I want to go. Who wants to go? Isn't that incredible? And look at this, the Grand Canyon that he carved out. The things that we get to see on this earth, I mean, and then think about it. It's like heaven can't compare. Heaven is beyond our imagination. Oh, I want to go there. I don't want to go there. It's too cold. But look at that, the intricate creation that God makes. And then the northern lights, which I've never seen with my own eyes, shooting stars. Okay, flowers. You guys think about this. On this earth, there are over 400,000 different kinds of flowering plants. On this earth. Imagine what God has for us in heaven to see. I, I just, and then butterflies on this earth, 17,500 different species of butterflies. Think about heaven. What is he going to, what is he going to do there? How is he going to show off? And then the animals that God has created, these are, I can't even remember what they're called, but they're in the sea. They're amazing. And, oh, that one, I don't know how that got in there. That's a little scary. Okay, we'll skip past that. But his creativity of what he gave us on this earth, imagine what he's going to show us in heaven. Maybe not that guy. Maybe we'll see the lion. Maybe we'll see the lamb. Behold the lamb that takes away the sins of the world. Jesus changes everything and just for a minute, look at the people around you because you're looking at God's greatest creation. And he took about nine months to make you. 
Imagine what he can do in 2,000 years. Guys, heaven's going to be amazing. And I'm most looking forward to the promise that I read in Revelation 21.4 that says he will wipe away every tear. There will be no more death, no more crying, no more pain. Maybe Jesus said that, or it was said in Revelation, because Jesus said in John 16.33, in this world you will have trouble. It's true. This life can be hard. And when I say Jesus changes everything, it doesn't mean that he always changes our situation, right? We wish he would. Some of you are going through some really hard stuff. And I've been there. But I have also experienced that in the midst of those sad circumstances that may not change, I can experience God's peace that comes from the Prince of Peace. And you and I get to experience that peace, and you and I get to experience heaven if we have believed and if we have received Jesus as our Savior because Romans 10, 13 promises us that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Isn't that a good promise? Everyone. There's no one excluded. Everyone is welcome. But Jesus is a gentleman. He's not going to force you to call on him. He gives you the opportunity. And he sure would love your friends and your family and your neighbors and your employees and your employer and the person that you know that I'll never know. He would love for them to have the opportunity to call on his name because Romans 10, 13 goes on to these verses that says, how then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. I saw you guys get excited about thinking about heaven. Let's not leave anyone out. How are they going to hear if we don't tell? And maybe you're psyched out by the word preach. Honestly, I am too. So when I asked my friends and family to pray for me, I didn't even say preach, Eric. I said I'm speaking at church because preaching it psychs, even psychs me out. No, I'm just speaking. And when we talk about, when, the, when, when God talks about preaching or when we read about that in the Bible, it is simply just telling people about Jesus. And you can do that. Jesus' last words in Matthew 28, 19 through 20, some of his last words before he left this earth to go prepare a place for us, he says to his disciples, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, okay, these are some of his last words, so we should hang on them. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So you're not going alone. Jesus is with you, and he cares so much about the people in your life that maybe don't know about calling on the name of Jesus or what Jesus did for them. My message can be summed up in two words that I've already shared with you, believe and receive. But I don't think it ends there according to the scriptures we just read, right? Because what about the people who haven't heard? So I like to rhyme and make it memorable. And so the final takeaway 
is retrieve. Did that work? Retrieve. It came to me when I was swimming laps the other day. All right. Believe, receive, retrieve. I think of playing capture the flag as a kid. Poppy, you got to play that at camp last week. You said it was so fun, right? You were the only one who would go and retrieve the people from jail, right? You said, good job. Proud of you. Crossing enemy lines. Good job. And so are we going to retrieve our friends, our family, our loved ones, our neighbors and saying, I actually have a a, a place I want to show you. I want to tell you about a person I want you to meet. And of course you can't drag them. They have to choose to come. But the, the, the reality is, is that God has placed each one of you uniquely where you are in your line of work, in your ministry, in your school, in your neighborhood. And you may be some of the only people that know Jesus to help tell those other people about Jesus. So if you have believed and you have received, it is time to retrieve, to listen to what Jesus says. I had the opportunity to meet Andrea, right? Um, before the service, because I saw you got baptized last week. And I'm pretty sure it was you that put your hands in the air, right? Oh, I love that. Oh, I love that so much. Like you could just see the joy all over you that Jesus has changed you. And so I just met her in the back before the service and I said, congratulations, that's awesome. I'm Molly, hello, Andrea, okay. And I just said, well, tell me, like, how did this start? Well, a lot of it started when Kristen, I don't know how many years ago, and you said you'd start crying, but she gave me permission, so we're okay. Do you need me to give you a dollar, though? Is that okay? All right. So (laughs) Kristen got her hair done, right, from Andrea, and she does a great job. And you just started talking, right? It's like sharing stories. That's what you do at a hair salon. And eventually, Kristen invited you to church, and she came. And then she received Christ, and then you said to me in the back, you didn't know that the title was Jesus Changes Everything. You said, he has changed me. I can't even explain it. Amen. Yes. And and it started with Kristen just getting her hair done. So ladies, tell your husbands that. No, I'm just kidding. Started with Kristen being obedient and just sharing her life. And that's the thing, you guys, is I feel like we can get super intimidated about sharing our faith. I have even. And what I have found, especially as I read the Gospels and I, I listen to other people, that what people are most affected by are the stories from your life of how Jesus has changed you. Right? Don't we all like stories? Weren't you all just affected? All of you were just affected right now by hearing that Andrea's life was changed because of Jesus. And it was so simple. So we don't need to complicate it. Just like we don't need to complicate the gospel. We don't have to do anything. Just believe and receive and then retrieve by telling people how Jesus has changed you. I was... uh, done with with writing this message today and then I needed to just quick get outside and go on a run and it rained the whole entire way but it was kind of cool I'd never done that before and as I was running I felt like God was like oh you know you could just close your message by sharing that one little part of your story about how Jesus has changed you and I was like oh Lord you know it's kind of vulnerable but I'm going to obey um I'm going to invite you into one of the hardest times of my life it was Before I met Craig, before I was married in my mid-20s, I went through a season of um, depression and anxiety because of a circumstance. And, hey, spoiler alert, I survived. (laughs) And I'm closer to Jesus now, and I have more joy. Um, But I felt like as I passed the mirror and I saw myself, 
in the reflection and all my crying and tears and disheveled self, a still small voice said, capture this moment so you never forget that I'm gonna get you through this. And so I captured it never thinking I'd share it with people, but God actually has me share it more than I'd like. <laughs> and so I share this because I want you to know that whatever you're going through, that Jesus can be with you through it and change you. So here we go. I'm taking a video of myself <laughs> so that when God gets me through this and it, everything actually is okay, that I can remember how low I was. And I'll never forget um, that God is able to bring us through things that we don't think he can because that's how I feel right now. But I know the truth is that God calls and God enables and this is going to be okay. So I hope the next time I see this video, I'm laughing. Okay. See why I don't love sharing it? <laughs> but I'm willing to share it because Jesus changes everything. And so as uh, Brenda comes up, and then we'll end in one more song, uh, I would love to ask you to just take a minute as she's playing to ask God, what about this message do you want me to take home and grab a hold of? Because it's going to be different. Maybe some of you are here tonight, and for the first time, it clicked. It's like, well, maybe you, you, you knew Jesus was involved, of course, in getting to heaven, but maybe you thought it was kind of Jesus plus being good. And now you're learning, no, it's not. It's just Jesus. And so maybe you just need to have a moment, and if you need to come lay on the changing table, feel free. <laughs> Actually, no, that'd be really awkward. But like Tal said in his own words, Jesus, I was naughty. You weren't. You died, so I didn't have to. Just have a conversation with God. Invite him in. Believe and receive. But I imagine for most of you that maybe you've already done that. And now it's allowing God to put on your heart and prompt you with who you could go retrieve and tell the good news to. And I want to help you with that. And I'm all about stories. So a couple years ago, actually, no, a year ago, God asked me to write a book of God's stories. It's called Cheeseballs for Jesus. Yep, I'm not going to even tell you because chapter one explains the whole weird title and the big contraption of cheeseballs that you may see me passing around. They're going to be on the back table. Every family, every individual, take one. My gift to you, if you will commit to then share it with someone else. Twice in it, I share the gospel about stories, how Jesus is. Every story is a story of God's faithfulness. But that's my gift to you because I want no excuses. We need to retrieve people by any means possible. And so would you take a minute and just ask God, what is it that you want me to know? And what is it that you want me to do? And then listen and obey. Thank you so much for joining us on the Mosaic Maple Grove podcast. I want to encourage you to take the message you just received and allow it to go deeply into your soul. Let Jesus do the deep work that only he can do. A special thank you to everyone who gives to Mosaic Maple Grove. Your generosity allows this message to go out into the world. You can be a part of the Mosaic tribe by going to mymosaicchurch.com. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this podcast with your friends and family. Thanks again for listening. Grace and peace, my friends.